2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. The word said, as God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. In the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you now, say now. Now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. I just want to share my heart with you today more so than I'm going to preach a message. And it's just something I've simply titled, The Time is Now. The Time is Now. If you will, one more time, pray with me and for me. Father, we thank you so much for what you've done these last 10 years as we've celebrated already this morning. We thank you for your presence that is here today. But Lord, we don't just thank you for what you've done. We do look forward, as Kayla already stated when she opened the service, we anticipate what you're getting ready to do. Lord, we thank you for those that have made every step of the journey with us. But God, we're even more thankful for all of those that you have added along the way. This is your church. It's not our church, and we give you thanks for it today. Lord, I pray that as I share my heart in the next few moments, you would anoint these lips of clay. Lord, that I would deliver nothing of my own accord, but that it would be, Lord, what you have given me to share. It'll be your word, and it'll come forth in the demonstration of your spirit and with power. I pray, Lord, you'd anoint every ear to hear and every heart to receive. Remove every distraction that would prohibit us and hinder us from hearing what the word of the Lord would say to us today. And, Lord, let us leave this place differently than we came because we've been in your presence. We've been changed by your word. But, Lord, let us leave this place today, Lord, with a realization of the urgency that I feel you declaring through the Holy Spirit, the time is now. Let us leave here with that urgency today, God, and we'll give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, amen. You may be seated. I just want to share for a few moments today my heart with you on a journey that we've been on for the last 10 years. When I first answered the call to preach over 16 years ago now, I want you to know, my wife would have you know, I really had no plans whatsoever of ever becoming a pastor. But can I also tell you that answering the call to plant and pastor, this church has been one of the greatest blessings of my life. And I give the Lord, yes, I give the Lord praise for that this morning. Has it ever been easy? No. Absolutely not. But I can tell you this morning, it continually proves to be worth it. As I watch the ministry results from the last 10 years scroll up the screen this morning, I can't help but be reminded, Sister Kay, that every single sacrifice has been absolutely worth it. When we look and see what God has done the last 10 years. But can I tell you that this year, 2023, has already been a year for the books. As I was reviewing the last 10 years of ministerial reports that we do with the Church of God in my office this past Thursday, I quickly realized that 2023 has already been a record-breaking year in salvations, rededications, water baptisms, Holy Spirit baptisms, and membership. And we've only made it through six months of the year. It's already been a record-breaking year. 
And that's led me, that has been what's led me to feel the way that I have felt every single Sunday morning since early February. And I've shared with you previously that my prayer every Sunday morning has been, Lord, don't let me mess it up. God, don't let me get in the way. And to be honest with you, I've lived in extreme caution of messing it up. And I have even questioned, you know, as it said on my t-shirt this morning, I'm going to be transparent with you. I've even questioned the Lord and asked, why now? What is different? Are we doing something different to see the results that we're seeing this year? Have we not been doing something right the, the previous nine years? What did, what did we change or did we change? Do I preach different? Is the worship team more anointed? Are people more hungry than they have been historically? Are people more receptive? Are people more responsive? God, tell me what it is so that I don't mess it up. That's what I've been asking for months. This year alone, these past six months, folks, we have seen 31 people accept Jesus as their Savior this year. We've seen 33 people rededicate their lives to Jesus this year. That is 64 people who are in right relationship with God today that were not on January 1. 64 people. That is more than 10 per month. Now, none of y'all pastors, so I, don't, I assume you probably don't study church results like I do. But that is more than 10 per month which is an average of more than two people per week. That is unheard of to be consistent. That's unprecedented. 27 people have been baptized in water in the last six months. 17 people. This is unheard of in a lot of places today, but I thank God 17 people have been filled with the Holy Ghost in the last six months. And you just heard me announce another membership Sunday, but already this year, 71 people have already taken membership and fellowship with this local church this year in the last six months. The highest record we have ever had in the last 10 years was a little over 60 people in one year. But we have seen 71 people in the last six months that have chosen to take fellowship with Freedom Point Church and call it home. We say welcome. We love you. We're thankful that God has sent you here. But I got to tell you something. As a pastor that has worked equally as hard the preceding nine years before now, this analytical mind that I walk around with, this inquiring mind wants to know, not from anybody else, but from the Lord. It wants to know, what is this season? I love what we're experiencing, but what has made the difference? And I just want to share with you this morning three thoughts, three points. If you want to write anything down, you can write these down. The first one is this. The things of God come to pass in His appointed time. Can I get a witness? Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. 
I told you a few weeks ago that I would share with you today my experience on Thursday night of Kentucky camp meeting this year. Camp meeting was wonderful all week this year. Honestly, I have been attending camp meeting on that campground for the last 20 years consecutively. It blew my mind when I added it up and realized that it was exactly 20 years. And it was the best week of camp meeting services that I have ever experienced on that campground. Every single service was a unique encounter with the Lord. Thursday night was just another good night. It was like the previous nights. The Lord had anointed during the worship. Uh, I chair the, the state music board with uh, co-chair uh, Sister Patty Campbell from Grace Fellowship in London. And myself and her and the rest of the team had led worship. And the Lord's presence had been as good as it had been every night. But at this point in time, after worship was over, Pastor Carl Smalls, a good friend of mine, his worship team from Restoration Ministry Center in Radcliffe, Kentucky, was up doing special music before the speaker was to bring the word. The speaker was... Bishop Kevin McGlamory, Pastor Kevin McGlamory, and he's been a, a friend and an acquaintance for many years. And he and I had actually spoken and talked before the service, and he said, Sean, pray for me. He pastors in Huntsville, Alabama now, wonderful church, Life Church, look it up. He said, Sean, pray for me. I have a word from the Lord burning in me for tonight. And I thought, wow, yeah, I'll pray for you. And I was ready. To hear that word. I love to hear a good word from the Lord. But the team from Restoration was doing their second song. We sing that song around here often. King of glory, feel this place. We all know that song. We've sang it here before multiple times. We've sang it in that tabernacle several times. But something began to happen as they began to sing that night. King of glory, feel this place. We just want to be with you, as they sung sincerely. We just want to be with you. And I looked, and there was a pastor friend's wife who went over to the left side of the tabernacle and just stood quietly by the stage with her hands raised in praise, as Abby exhorted to you about today. They didn't know my message, but that's what she did. She just went over there and just stood silently next to the stage with her hands lifted. And uh, uh, you could just feel an overwhelming Peaceful heaviness, if I could adequately describe it. Anybody ever felt that before? Just an overwhelming, peaceful heaviness. Angie Bruner was there, I believe, that night, weren't you? Came up through that tabernacle. And, I, and, and, and as uh, Becky was standing on this side, uh, I, just, I felt that presence of the Lord begin to settle in. And I personally felt the urge. I had, we had reserved seats on the front row for the music team. And I, I just felt the urge personally to move closer. Anybody ever like to just move closer? And I, I, I stood there, you know, this was supposed to be the last song of special music and it was almost time for the word and I wanted to hear what Kevin had from the Lord to share so I just thought, no, I'm just going to stay right here. It's almost done. And then there was a brother on the other side of the tabernacle. I don't know him personally, but I had watched him that week. I meant to get to meet him before camp meeting was over because I know most everybody there. He was a really sharp-dressed man of color, but he was... A manly man. He was not a feminine man. And I had seen him all week and he worshiped and he amened and nothing out of the ordinary. But I want to tell you, he got completely and totally lost in the presence of God. And the only way I know how to describe it was he was over on this side. He left his seat and was just gracefully just twirling. 
uh, under, the, under the anointing and the presence of God. And I, I, I looked at him and I thought, oh my goodness. And I could feel the presence of God. And I just couldn't resist that drawing any longer to step forward from my seat toward the altar. And I was seated down from Pastor Patty and Dale and their family and some other members of the state music team. And at that time, there was only those two people on each side. And I just stepped forward, and I saw out of the corner of my eye when I stepped forward, their daughter Michaela stepped forward. And from that moment on, I just closed my eyes, and I got lost in the presence of God that was flooding that room. Can I tell you, sometimes it would do you good to just close your eyes and get lost in the presence of God when he's flooding the room. And they continued on singing, King of Glory, fill this place for a long amount of time while we worshiped in his presence. And when I finally opened my eyes and looked, that altar was filled to capacity, standing room only, all the way across through there. I looked back in the tabernacle. The aisles was filled to capacity with people. Some people were worshiping. Some people were weeping. Some people were praying. Some were standing. Some were kneeling. Some were laying prostrate on the floor before the Lord. And the presence of God continued to sweep that place for a long amount of time. And people just bask in the presence of the Lord. And then the bishop, knowing that, you know, if you're leading a service, you know when God's took over. And knowing what was going on, he looked at Pastor Kevin and he said, do whatever you feel led to do. Whatever you feel like doing, do it. He didn't hardly know what to do. The presence of God just swept that place so strong. Pastor Kevin got up, and he just shared one excerpt of his scripture from his message. And he felt like having an old-fashioned prayer line. How many people have ever been in an old-fashioned prayer line? Let me see your hands. The rest of you would be scared to death. Amen. If you've never been in one, never seen one, you might be. Don't be scared, though. But he, he said, I just feel like doing an old-fashioned prayer line. You know what had happened? Steve, I'll tell you what had happened. Later after service, he showed me what God had given him to preach on. I've never seen that happen before in my ministry. But the very word of the Lord manifested itself before the preacher ever took the pulpit. He was going to preach on the glory of the Lord filling the temple where the priest couldn't even stand to minister. That's what happened in that place that night. They had a prayer line. They asked all the ministers to get on each side. So I took a place and got in line. And we, we prayed as literally. Literally hundreds of people came through that prayer line. God was touching people like I have not personally seen or witnessed in years. By this time, we had been in service for well over two hours. Some of y'all would have a stroke. I don't know, though. We've been having service for about two hours on Sunday mornings for a while now. So maybe you wouldn't. But then as the prayer line thinned down, after hundreds of people had gotten prayer, I began to see other ministers begin to come through the line that had been praying for people in the line just like I had. Pastor Dale and his whole family came through the line, and that was the first night I didn't have any of my family with me. I had people there with me the first three nights, but Angie had to come back and work, and, and I was there by myself that night, but I did not, hear me when I say this this morning, I did not let that stop me from going through that line and praying for them, asking God to touch them, and asking God to touch me. Some of your family may not be here today, but don't let that stop you when the presence of God is moving from getting under the spout where the glory's coming out and asking God to touch them and to touch you. When I came to the end of that prayer line, Kevin was there, and he began to pray for me. And when he started to pray for me, he laid his hands on me, and he stopped, and he said, My God, Sean. And then I didn't know if he'd lost his mind or what was taking place. 
he started looking around. I finally figured out the Lord was talking to him. He went to lay hands on me. He said, my God, Sean. And he started going. He said, I don't see him. I don't see him. I don't see him. I don't see him. And then he went, there he is. And he yelled across the tabernacle. And he said, Pastor, Pastor, come lay your hands on him. And I looked, and Pastor Mike Smith from Louisville was coming towards me. Now, I was expecting a powerful prayer or maybe a word from the Lord, but I was not at all expecting what happened next. As Pastor Mike came toward me, he about, I saw him about 15 yards out. He was like this. His eyes was this big, and his hands was out like this. He, as he run toward me, he laid one hand on each side of my head, and he just went, oh, and when he did that, every muscle in my body lost its ability to stand upright. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about, but some of you don't. Every muscle in my body lost its ability to stand upright. Do you know that was only the second time I have ever been slain under the power of the Holy Spirit in that tabernacle in 20 years. And I'm telling you, you know I don't say this often. And first of all, I'm not one that you pray for and push down. I've been around them preachers too. Can I get a witness? You pray for me and try to push me down, you're going to have to fight 209 pounds. I'm going to fight back with all I got. And catch me on a worse day and you'll fight 230. Amen. Or 240 or 250, it's been everything. But anyway, we won't go there this morning. It's been everything, trust me. But I was not expecting that to happen. And when I went out in the Spirit, the Lord, and I don't say this to you often, the Lord immediately began to speak to me. He began talking to me. Here's what he said. I went to pray for myself and my family, but here's what the Lord said. Stop questioning what I'm doing. Stop worrying that you're going to mess up what I am doing. You're not doing it, so I'm not going to let you mess it up. Stop questioning me. He said, then he said this, remember what I spoke to you in this place 10 years ago this week. Go back and read it, and you will see. And I just began to weep when the Lord said that. Because when the Lord said that to me, you know what I remembered? I remembered that it was Pastor Mike Smith. Now, this is how God works, folks. It was Pastor Mike Smith that had given me a prophetic word during camp meeting exactly 10 years ago that week. Before any plans to plant Freedom Point Church had even been made. And when I could finally lift my head up off the floor, anybody ever been there? Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about, but it took a while. When I could finally lift my head up off the floor, I knew I'd left my phone laying over on the front seat. And I was, my, my thought and my intent was to immediately get up and go get my phone because I thought that I still had that prophetic word typed out in my notepad in my phone from 10 years ago so that I would never forget it. But I hadn't read it in years. And as I started to try to get up and go get my phone, Pastor Mike was the one who was there and he helped me up. And he helped me up, and here's what he said to me. He said, Sean, the Lord told me to tell you as soon as you got up. He said, I don't know what this means, but the Lord said that you are getting ready to see something. And when you see it, you will know what this means. But he said, the Lord said to tell you that you are in the season for your region. When you see it, jump all over it. The time and the season for your region is now. And I looked at him and I said, well, Pastor Mike, 
I'm getting ready to say something. While I was laying there, the Lord reminded me that you gave me a word 10 years ago, and I think it's in my notepad in my phone. And I was going to get my phone to read it. He said, all right. He said, I'll go with you. Pulled my phone up off the front seat, opened the notepad, scrolled down through 10 years of notes, and I found it. Camp meeting, 6-12-13, Mike Smith. The Lord would say to you, I have given you great influence, great authority, and great dominion in your region. Are you seeing it? With greater influence and authority comes greater opposition. With greater battles comes greater dominion. I have planted a seed within you. That seed is being watered now so that it will flourish. There are those that would like to stop it from flourishing. If you hold it in and don't allow it to flourish, it will begin to decay. This is your season of fruition, saith the Lord. Pastor Mike was right. When I saw that and I read it, I knew. You see, if they'll leave that on the screen for just a minute. All these years, I have thought that that prophetic word was about the time frame that we planted Freedom Point Church. But God was saying to me on that Thursday night, He was saying... He was reminding me that when he said then, I'm giving you great influence, great authority, and great dominion in your region. He was saying that then. But before you get there, you're going to have to face some opposition. Can I get a witness this morning? You're going to have to face some battles. But the Lord said, but I've planted a seed in you, and it is being watered now, which was then, so that it will flourish, so that it will flourish, which is now. There are those that would like to stop it from flourishing, but if you hold it in and don't allow it to flourish, it will begin to decay. This, not then, but right now, is the season of your fruition, saith the Lord. Pastor Mike said, the Lord said to tell you that you are in the season for your region. When you see it, jump all over it. Now, I've never had the Lord talk to me in that vernacular before. When you see it, jump all over it. What does that mean? That means when you get it, when you connect what I said 10 years ago with what I'm saying now, don't hesitate. Don't sit back on it. Don't have reservations. Don't sit back and say, is this or isn't this? When you see it, jump all over it. You're not doing it. I'm doing it. You're not going to mess it up. I'm going to do it. This is the time. The time is now. Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits it awaited 10 years and appointed time. It speaks of the end. Watch this though. And will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and it will not delay. Can I tell you this morning, if God has promised you something, don't give up on it. It might wait, but if God said it, God will bring it to pass. Don't give up. The first thing, the things of God happen in God's appointed time. The second thing. The time is now. Ten years later, have there been battles? <laughs> Most of y'all don't even know. Have some of us seen days that we were wounded from the battle and didn't know if we could keep on keeping on? Absolutely. Has it been an easy ten years? Not really one day of it. 
But 10 years later, as I stand before you this morning, we are walking in the most fruitful season we have ever seen in this church. In the last six months, more souls have been saved in the last six months than in any individual preceding nine years. More lives have been rededicated. More people have been baptized in water. More folks have been filled with the Holy Ghost. And more new members have been added to God's church than in the previous nine years. The time is now. This is the season of our fruition. This is the season for our region. The time is now. When you see it, jump all over it. Can I tell you this morning? Hear your pastor and hear me well when I say this. With God doing what he's doing, it's not a time for any of us to try to figure out how to help him out. Oh, I think we need to do this. I think we need to do that. I think we need to yada yada. We need to change this. We need to do that. No, what we need to do, take our hands off of it as long as God's hands are on it. And let God do what God wants to do. The time is now. The time to invite your lost family, it's right now. If you're seated in the house this morning and you don't know Jesus, today is your day of salvation. It's not a hard thing. You don't have to leave without him. The time is now. The time to do outreach, it's right now. Dennis Cooper's back there this morning. He can tell you when they visit the homes around this church. And look, it's almost full in here this morning for this second service. But when they visit the homes around this church, in a stone's throw of this church, multiplied people are at home. The time to do outreach is right now. The time to tell somebody about Jesus is right now. The time to believe, and I mean really believe. Does anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? Anybody know what faith is? Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of what you cannot see. The time to believe for miracles, for healings, for signs and wonders. That time is right now. I didn't get much help on that. I told you last week when the man said, I believe, help thou my unbelief. When he wanted the Lord to pray for his son, you know what I believe he meant? He was saying, I believe that you can. Help me believe that you will. God give us some people in the church that believe more that he can, but will also believe that he will. Can I get a witness this morning? We are in the season for this region that God has placed us in. Listen, it's not a time to get at ease in Zion. It's a time to roll up our sleeves, get in the trenches, and work the harvest. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 1 and 2, our main text again. As God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor, I've heard you. And in the day of salvation, I've helped you. I tell you, now, say now. Now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Romans 13 and 11. And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come. It's here. The time is now. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer than we first believed. So the things of God happen in God's appointed time. The time is now. And the last thing I'm going to share with you this morning is don't miss it. Did you hear me? I said, don't miss it. Pastor Mike Smith said, the Lord said, when you see it, jump all over it. 
I hope you see it. Does anybody see it with me this morning? Anybody see what God is doing? I hope you don't miss your opportunity to be a part of reaping the harvest in this season. Listen, folks, God did not set us down right in the middle. We had five acres and a $3 million building plan. I thank God he stopped us from. Somebody's calling me and it ain't Jesus. But God did not sit us when we, all of our plans, he, ne- he did not sit us down right in the middle of the heart of this city for no reason. God set us here to work the harvest. I've had a Baptist friend for many years that uh, goes to Central Baptist Church. I guess she still goes there. Wonderful lady. I served with her. She served on the school board. I served on site-based councils in Corbin City Schools for 15 consecutive years. And uh, she called me. I, I was in some events with her that as the representation that we did, as being representatives that we were, we got asked to pray at a lot of school events. And I would get asked to pray, and she would get asked to pray, and prayer uh, events for uh, the purpose of the school. And uh, we had a prayer gathering at First Baptist in London, and I'll never forget, you know, we were at First Baptist in London, and I thought, George, I thought, okay, I need to polish my prayer up. You know, I don't need to get up there and go podunk Pentecostal on them. How many knows what I'm talking about? Polish your prayer up, make it sound good, and pray. And this little lady got up to pray before me, and I thought, my Lord, I ditched my prayer. And I said, I'm just going to go with what the Lord has. She prayed, prayed. That little lady called me when God changed our plans, and we bought this building in the middle of COVID in an online-only auction. She called me and she said, this is what she said. She said, I used to do their banking and everything. We were just real good friends. She called me and she was talking normal. Now, she's never done this to me before. Now, I mean, she, she's not a Pentecostal. It wouldn't have surprised me if she'd have been a Pentecostal. But she called me. She'd never done this before. And she said, she said, Sean, I was praying this morning. And she said, she said I want to tell you. She was talking about us buying the building. And she said, all of a sudden, she said, but I'm telling you, God's about to show you why he's setting you down in the heart of Corbin. And then she went, whoo. Jesus. And I thought, am I hearing what I think I'm hearing? She said, I'm about to wreck this car. God's about to show you what he's going to do in downtown Corbin. Listen, I'm telling you this morning, God set us down here to work the harvest. God set us down here to reap the harvest. There will be some that miss it. But whatever you do, don't miss. Don't miss your opportunity. Don't let, I'm preaching to all of us this morning. Don't let your side hustle, I've got one too, don't let your side hustle get in the way of your ministry. Did you hear me? Now everybody's going to get real quiet on me. Don't let sports and extracurricular activities keep you and your family out of the house of God. Don't let that storm you've been going through cloud your vision. God said, stop questioning me. You know what happens when we question the Lord? We lose focus. When we start questioning, we lose focus. Don't be distracted from your purpose. You have a purpose. I don't care if you got here 10 years ago or you got here this morning. 
You have a purpose. You have a job to do. You are a vital part of reaping a harvest in this region, in this season. You're here this morning because God placed you here. So I want to tell you, get ready. I said get ready. Get ready. Clear your schedule. Get involved. Get down to business with God. Don't just be a spectator. Hello, somebody. Find a place to serve because there's a harvest to reap. And I believe Dennis Cooper can tell you it's in the field laying out there already. All we got to do is make ourselves available to go out and gather it and bring it in. The time to gather is now. Matthew 9, 37 and 38. I'm, I'm almost done. Then Jesus said to his disciples, watch this. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. John chapter 9 and verse 4, Jesus himself said, As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming. Right now it's day. Night is coming when no man can work. The time is now. God is, I believe this. Pastor Nicholas, you can go ahead and come to the music. God is trying, I believe this, with all that's within me. God is trying to shake this whole city for the kingdom of God. I believe that. He is doing it right now. Not just in this church. I believe he's doing it all over this city. I just want to be a part of it. But you know all he wants from us, you and I? He just wants us to recognize it. When you see it, recognize it. Pastor Mike said, the Lord said, jump all over it. Make ourselves available. If we'll just make ourselves available, God's about to rock our world. He's about to turn this town upside down for his glory. I believe that. In our main text this morning, he said, I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. The time is now. If you would but recognize the urgency that is being declared to you today. You would see that the answers for the prayers that you are praying would be answered. If you would but make yourself available to me. Make yourself available for my service. And watch and see how my hand will move not only in the harvest field but at your house. Hmm. 
For if you make yourself available to me, I will honor your obedience and your service and will answer that that you have asked me to do, saith the Lord. Lift your hands all over this room. Just give the Lord some praise this morning. For those of you that may not understand what just happened, there's a couple different kinds of tongues in the, in the Word of God. One of them is a prayer language between you and God. Another one is the gift of tongues and interpretation, whereby the Spirit of the Lord speaks to us, which is what just took place. I want you to stand with me all over the room this morning. I'm going to close with this. In the Word of God, there's a story of a lady named Esther. Some of you know it because you've been in church all your life, but some of you that are here don't know it. And Esther was given a similar word that I've just declared to you this morning. Esther was told, the time is now, Esther. For your people, the time is now. See, Esther had a choice to make. Because moving in the direction that she had to move in could propose potential imminent danger to Esther. But Mordecai sent word and he told Esther. Esther chapter 4 verse 13. He sent back this answer. Do not think that just because you are in the king's house that you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. Watch this. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position King James says that, but that you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. I want to tell you this morning, don't think that just because you're in the king's house today, that it's good enough to just sit there unmoved. Don't think because you're in the king's house today that it's okay to just be unresponsive. Mordecai told Esther, you've got a choice to make. You can either face the fear and do what the Lord is saying to do, or you and your father's family are going to perish. You're going to die. Ten years ago, Pastor Mike said to me, I've planted a seed in you. It's being watered now so that it will flourish. There are those that would like to stop it from flourishing. Yeah, I've read it enough that I can quote it. But if you do not allow it to flourish, it will begin to decay. That's what the Holy Ghost said. It will begin to decay. What happens to a physical fleshly body before it decays? What has to happen before it decays? It dies. He said, when you see it, jump all over it. Don't think just because you're in the king's house that it's all right to not respond. 
But the Holy Ghost just said, if you'll just make yourself available, I'm not just going to move for the harvest. I'm going to move at your house. Woo! I feel the Lord when I say that. You may say, Pastor, why are you so passionate about that? I'll tell you why. Why are you so adamant that you don't want to see? You know, I've had people tell me, and I apologize for getting emotional. Because when I get emotional, you can't understand me sometimes. But I've had people tell me, now, Pastor, you understand. God moves in seasons, right? You're just in a good season, but there's going to be a bad season coming. I rebuke that word in the name of Jesus. I'm adamant that I don't want to see the move of God stop. You know why? There's people in my father's house that I want to see saved and delivered. There's people in my family that I want to see set free. There's people all over this city that I went to high school with that'll reach out to me and thank me for what I'm doing, but they're lost and dying and going to hell and won't even darken the doors of a church. We don't have time to sit back and be unresponsive. There's a world around us that is dying and going to hell every day. And if you can't see that, you're obviously not turning on the news very much. Everything you can imagine in the book of Revelation is being fulfilled. It's not an option for me to not jump all over it. Are you with me? See, here's the deal. There will be some, there will be some that miss their opportunity. Because their focus is on something else other than getting in and going with God. So I'm saying this, and I know it's 1244. We're getting ready to open this altar. But here's what I'm saying to you this morning. What you do today with this word will affect you and your family. Did you hear me? What you do today with this word will affect you and your family. God has clearly spoken and confirmed it this morning. This is the season of reaping a harvest in this region. Workers and laborers are needed. But there will be great benefits to not only you, but your house if you'll respond. The question is, Will you make yourself available? The time 